Good evening, and welcome to the Television Graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Horton. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, including some that ran only one episode. And this, this was our first to be continued. And with me as always is Noah Houlihan. Beast mode! So, this is part two of Opposite Worlds. This is the second three weeks. We had some vacation time. Yeah, yeah. Coming back. We had a lovely vacation at Otacon and New Jersey GamerCon. And uh, now we're tired. Of, we're retired and we're beat up. And it's time to talk about the second. I feel we like we also took a real vacation. You're we like took a w- you're real. like sunburned to death I right now. I, I feel a little bit like Epoch in that I've just been sleeping on the ground, and am an unrested person. Yeah, I feel like uh, Team Kronos because I'm like, yeah, I've done nothing but eat. <laughs> so week four starts off with a new injury. Yeah, just real real quick, we left off with Frank beating Team Epoch. Yeah, he, so, Frank beat Angela, said he uh, he felt really bad about it, and that uh, winning didn't make him proud, but then he yelled beast mode. Yes, and attempted to rip a flag in half and was unable to. Yes. So we are halfway through this. Team uh, Kronos is still in the future, has never been in the past, has six team members. Team Epoch is down to four stuck in the past. Yes. So Team Epoch is going to do some training, of yep. course. They're doing some running because they're also very bored. There's not much to do around there. Yeah, there there was some sort of video about them, like, doing the caveman beat. Yeah, which seems very manufactured. Yeah. And so they're going to train for this next competition because there's only four of them left and they really want to come away with a dub. Oh, no. Uh, J- JR sprained his ankle. Yes. Injury count is up to five. Yeah, it seems that they do this to kind of... It, it seems like it was during pull-ups, like, based on the editing. But here's the important He notes. said he was running. Oh, he does say he yeah, was running. Yeah, he said he... Morning. JR, what happened to you, mate? Uh, I was doing a little run in the cave last night and ended up spraining my ankle. Well, There's two important notes here. One, they do not catch the injury. Correct. So, and the only shots they have are, like, these weird security camera, mm-hmm. almost. Which means that, like, there are days where there is not a film crew. Right. And two, he falls and one of his teammates runs up with a bottle of water. Mm-hmm. So there are bottles of water in the past. Yeah. I mean, this supports my theory of, I think they might not have gotten to shower often. Right. But I think they did have access to a shower. Yeah. I think, like, I, I definitely think Epoch was not living quite as badly as they were trying to sell us. Yes. And they admitted that they did most of their filming on four work, like, there were four days of, like, filming. Right. So I imagine in the other three, like, they were probably taking a shower, there was probably real food. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, especially because otherwise Team Epoch would be so demoralized and so dead. In the death's door. So, uh, we have our first, uh, challenge. Yes. And the time is the Wild West. Which is less of a time and more of a location. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, it's like 19th century. Yeah. So, this is so dumb. All right. Let me me see if I can break down all the things that are about to happen. 
So, Team Epoch, you are 0-3 in the Worldly Challenges so far. I think it's pretty fair to say that you've been SOL. But in today's Worldly Challenge, you all are. <laughs> you are about to dig through 15 tons of horse manure. <laughs> We're pretty used to that in our game. <laughs> only, only four people will be playing this challenge. Yes. Two of them need to dig through a giant pile of manure. Yes. To find these metal rods. 15 tons of it. Once they find all the rods, the other two team members break a barrel for some reason. Mm -hmm. And then... Using the rods and what they find in the barrel, complete a puzzle. Correct. This will then complete some sort of circuit and mm -hmm. allow you to detonate dynamite. The winner of this worldly challenge will also get to even up the teams. Epoch, if you win this worldly challenge, you get to steal a player from Kronos. Team Kronos, if you win the worldly challenge, then you have to give one of your team members to Epoch. No matter what happens today, you will lose a player. What do you think of this as a mechanic? I think it's interesting that, like, if Epoch wins, Epoch is going to be able to get a good player. And if Kronos wins, they're going to get rid of one of their weaker players. Probably yeah. Jeffrey. What I don't like about this... Is that this is new information. Yeah, this is not come. This seems like an on-the-fly. Yeah, because if they knew, hey, if someone gets a two-up advantage, there has to be some movement in the teams. That would have affected gameplay so much. Probably it would have affected who people chose. Because it's curious to now think that, like, or unless they actually did know this information, the idea of, like, we either get rid of Frank or we claim Frank later. Yeah. So there's no way they knew that. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting mechanic, but it's presented as a twist instead of a rule. So, so you see the horse manure, and Epoch just starts laughing because yeah, nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing bothers them anymore. Yeah, they just start laughing, and like Kronos is visibly distressed. Yes, since Jr. has busted his ankle, he's on the puzzles. Yeah. So uh, it's Jr. and whom? Sam. And Sam on the puzzles, which means it is Lauren and Steve yes. in the poop. Yep. Because if it's a bad job, it Steve. goes to Steve. Yep. So Frank sits out this game, I believe, right? I. Frank sits out with Mercy, and then it is Jeffrey and, uh, what's our serial killer? Jesse. Jesse. And, and the weasel. Jeffrey, yeah. Jesse and Jeffy and Jeffrey. Yeah. Jesse's the creepy guy. Jeffrey is the weasel. Right. They're digging through the poop. Mm hmm And then we have... Uh, Danielle and Lizette. Danielle and Lizette, the two forgettable characters, doing the puzzle. So, it's also important to mention that it starts raining. Yes. So it's wet poop. It's already raining when they get out there. Yeah, so it's... And it's freezing cold out. Freezing cold, wet poop. Apparently, Jesse is skilled at digging through crap. Because he's finding these things so quickly that he's just throwing them to Jeffrey, who's running them back and forth. I mean, 
I can believe that Jesse has experience burying something. Or exhuming a yeah, body. Yeah. But, and this, again, falls into that weird category of, of luck. Mm-hmm. Because if you dig in the wrong spot, there's nothing to tell you it's the wrong spot. Right. So, like, there's an element of it's not brawn, it's not brain, it's is there a thing here or not. Yes. Kronos knocks out all these pieces super quick. Yeah. And they're, they're on the puzzle with a huge lead. Yep, yep. Uh, Epoch eventually finds all their pieces. Yes. And must make this puzzle. What do you think of this puzzle? I I couldn't really get the measure of it super well from TV. It looked like it was intentionally... It, it didn't look like a real puzzle. It looked like there was trial and error required. To, to me, it reminded me of Pipe Dream. Okay. Where, like, water is going to come out on this side of the screen. You connect the pipes yeah. to the other side. So it kind of follows that logic of, like, this needs to be one continuous line. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can't skip a peg. Right. And Kronos makes this mistake three or four times. Yeah. Uh, And they they are very much of the opinion of, like, if they can get it to fit, it is perfect. Yes. So once a piece goes on, they're like, well, that has to be right at fit. Not yeah. even the idea that it could fit somewhere else never crosses their mind. Yeah, so but it feels very trial and error. Yes, and it seemed like the puzzle went on for a while. Yes, because it was hard and dumb. But Epoch gets their first win, and Jr. and Sam embrace among the falling poop. Yes, because they detonate the poop pile and it falls like rain. Yeah, it's kind of like when they blow up that whale on the beach. Oh. <laughs> Kind of dumb. Oh, that was so graphic. Uh, and then uh, they they get to choose someone from Kronos. And they deliberate and try to think strategically what would be the best... Pr- they pick Frank. Yep. They pick the monster. Uh, yeah, they pick Frank and Frank is kind of cool with it because he's going back to the future still. Right. So... Um, I don't remember what these faces are, but apparently I thought it was important enough to make a note that Jerry uh, Jesse made some serial killer faces. Well, he, it's, that's his face. That's what his face looks like. Yeah, I don't know why I felt it was important to make that note, though, because yeah. it is what his face looks like. Mm-hmm. So then um, Epoch goes and they enjoys the, they They have a big celebration. Yes, and I have to say this. At this point in the show, I had convinced myself that Epoch was never going to go to the future. Yeah. I don't know if it was a mix of just seeing the show and not believing it, but also the Jenny Nicholson video. I kind of thought she said that they never win. Yeah. But they do win. Yeah. And, like, once that happens, it's an entirely different show. Yes. And this is, like, a fun... Like, it's a fun little feel-good sequence. Mm -hmm. There's food. You, You see, like... Uh, Lauren and Sam are, like, in different parts of the bathroom, just like, this is the best day! <laughs> yes! Like, one of them is brushing her teeth, and, like, I, like, they're just so happy. Yeah, they're touching iPads and stuff. Like, one's in the shower, the other's brushing her teeth, and they're just talking to each other about, like, this is the best day of their lives, mm-hmm. and, like, uh, Frank does a really great drunk talking head. Hi, my name is Frank. I'm on Team Epoch. Like, even saying Team Kronos is weird. Like, I'm just like, oh my god, like, Kronos? Oh! Uh, they throw a party. 
uh, JR is like, this is the first time that we've had to use manners in weeks. Yeah. And then Sam responds with an almighty belch. This is weird. It's so bizarre. I have to use manners all of a sudden again. I haven't used manners in like 22 days. Wow. Yeah. And like even Frank kind of thinks it's funny. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very interesting because uh, with Epoch in the future and Cronus in the past, Cronus is looking in mm-hmm. and seeing Frank still in the future. And they do that wolf pack thing. They go, mm-hmm. whoa, 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 whoa. And they're like, oh, Frank has to do that now. And there's this very much of like Frank is an outsider. Yeah. But like they almost instantly welcomed into the group. Yeah. Like they're very kind to Frank. They're very welcoming to Frank. And and Frank, especially in this sequence, is fairly likable. Yeah. Like he's just a big, dumb, well-meaning man. Mm-hmm. And so they, like, throw this party, and they're happy, and then we see how they're doing in Kronos. It's not great. Not great. They're unhappy. They get, like, a pig's head as their weird food. As their food, yeah. And, like, Lizette refuses to eat it. Jesse and Jeffrey are, like, really starting to break down already. And, uh, they're kind of just, like, complaining about how bad it sucks. And then we see this really cute moment where Epoch could totally go to bed in their separate nice beds. Mm-hmm. And instead they take the mattresses off the beds and move them all onto the floor and remain in their puppy pile. Yes. And they're like, Frank, you don't have to do it, but if you're Epoch, come cuddle with us. Yeah, and Frank kind of just like looks around, shrugs, and gets in. Like, alright. This is probably the best moment in the show. Absolutely. Like, it's just, it's a feel-good moment with them getting into the puppy pile. You're, like, you're genuinely happy for them, and it kind of shows that, like, being in the future didn't make them crappier people. Yes, because it's not just that there's a puppy pile, because there's that whole discussion a few episodes ago of Chrono saying, if we lose, maybe we should take the past, because we want America to like us. Mm Mm-hmm. So there is this element of like, oh, now that Kronos is in the past, we will empathize with Kronos. Yeah. But instead, Epoch stays the same and s- sleeps in that like puppy pile. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we, these are still the people we like. And then it cuts over to Epoch, or to Kronos in the past complaining about how it's cold and how they can't sleep, but they're all separated. Yeah. And they're so like- they're not even smart enough to use each other for heat. And they're, like, whiny and petty. Like, Lizette's complaining. Danielle, like, kind of is empathetic. She's like, yeah, this is this sucks really bad. And yeah. Like, I feel bad that they dealt with this. Uh, Jesse's reward for being the most well-liked is he gets to just hang out with Frank in the present. Yeah, let's talk about how weird that is, though. This feels like a reward didn't work out. This, it kind of feels like... Something went wrong. Yeah. Because Jesse wins most popular. Mm -hmm. And everyone is, really? So, like, it makes me wonder if something went wrong, Mm -hmm. if trolls got a hold of the show, and were like, let's vote the psycho killer to the top. Okay. Uh, Or if there was some issue, because I mentioned this earlier, where rewards that were given really wouldn't work if you were in the future already. 
Yeah. So I'm wondering if like, there was some sort really, of skewing. Because what can you really give someone who's in the future? Because mm-hmm. I mentioned that when it was like, your punishment is you have to serve the other team. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if you were in the past and you had to serve the future... Like, one, you're no longer in the past. Two, what the hell could they possibly need from you? Yeah, two, you're using their bathroom and you are yeah. shoving their food in your pockets. Yeah, so... Like, you are making lemons, lemonade out of lemons on this. Yeah, so that's why I'm suspicious about Jesse being the, the most popular here. So, and then Jeffrey has to be isolated completely alone for 24 hours. Yeah, Jeffrey doesn't get... To, yeah, because the whole thing is it's the opposite. Yeah. So while uh, Jesse gets... To hang out with one of his friends, you will get the opposite. You will see no one. Jesse, like, gives Frank some fur. He gives him, like, a squirrel pelt from the epochs, or from the past set. This is also very interesting reality TV because you have this moment where Frank and Jesse are talking outside of the teams now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, where does Frank's alliance lie Yeah, now that he's on Team Epoch? And where does Jesse's alliance lie if he's best friends with Frank. Yeah. Like, this is a very interesting time. Um, so then they, we find out the protected... We we kind of just get a... We don't really get any more, like, happening. We just see a lot of Kronos suffering in the past. Danielle is breaking down. Yeah, Danielle cries. But, like, she is shattered. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't even take a whole 24 hours before mm-hmm. she is just broken down. Um, Jr. and Jesse are the protected. Yeah, they they protect Jr. because he's hurt, mm-hmm. and they protect Jesse. And I think this is the strategy because he was the most popular. That yes. maybe they could actually win, being the chooser or yeah. the decider. The decider. Yeah, they want to try to get that sweet, sweet popularity contest. Yes. So the decider ends up being ends up being Jr. Of course. Now, I want to real quick talk about the the way this episode ends is they talk to the, the camera and are like, America, please make me the decider. Yeah. Jesse has never been creepier. No. Than in this moment. He is such an insincere politician. It, yeah, my fellow Americans. America, please choose me as the decider. Because we're playing this like a family. We came into this like individuals, and whether we win or lose, we're going to leave as a family. We've had our world taken away from us. We've had a teammate taken away from us. We're effectively the underdogs now. You can give us the power to change this game. Whichever way you vote, we still love you. And there- it is better for our nation if you make me the decider. <laughs> and, like, we're not saying President Whitmore a politician. Like, he is, gen- he's like an obviously evil politician. Yeah. <laughs> he's... he's- he comes off almost a little cyborg-esque. Yeah, like, I'm trying to think of a good fictional president who is, like, that unnerving. Uh, yeah, I really... I went. I thought of Kang and Kodos. <laughs> Don't blame <laughs> me, was, I voted for Kodos. That is where my brain went. So then, like, J.R. and Jesse are the protected. J.R. is the decider. And then we get another injury, because we get this, like, another cute... Sequence with Epoch. Yeah. Where Steve just sets up Quidditch in the middle of the... Yeah. <laughs> he's like... In the I, middle of the future. Because I, I remember when this is happening. He's holding all the brooms and he throws it on the couch. And I went, no, 
don't put that on the couch. It's dirty. And then I slowly realized what he was doing. I was like, no, don't play. And like Jeffrey even points out, he's like, it, it's rugby for nerds. Yeah. Um, and then it turned, it ends up being Steven versus Danielle mm-hmm. in the, uh, the, the elimination challenge. Oh, well, let's, let's not skip over Quidditch. Oh, cause Steve gets the crap beaten out because- of him. Frank's like, this is stupid and for nerds. And then he's like, but I'm going to excel at all things I do. It just demolishes Steve. Yeah, like, in oh yeah, injury count six. Steve gets beat up playing Quidditch. <laughs> um, so it ends up being Steven and Danielle in the challenge. Yeah, this is this is decided by uh, JR. Yes. JR is decide, the decider. And we get this vague cowboy game. Yeah. They have to take a gear and drag it across the rope. It's like threaded through the gear. Yeah. And get it through an obstacle course, which includes like un like digging up the rope, uh putting it through a barrel mm-hmm. and around a cactus. What what did you think of this challenge? It reminded me of like Big Thunder Mountain Railroad in mm-hmm. Disney, like that level of understanding of the Wild West. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, all the elements you want to see when you think Wild West. Yeah, it looked like a playground in Frontierland. Yes, yeah. Like, if if there was, like, a kid's Wild West-themed fast food restaurant. Yeah. This is this would be the playland, playland. of a Roy Rogers. Yes! <laughs> but what did you think in terms of, like, what you had to do and things like that? I think it was interesting. It, again, it's not, like, super watchable. It wasn't super watchable. I thought it was one of the most fair challenges I've seen. Yeah, because it didn't require either of them to be... Like, strength didn't matter. Um, It was a little bit more skill and thought-based. Because you had to, like, kind of reason out how you were going to get the gear. Yeah, like, it almost took dexterity and spatial awareness, which is not something I see a lot. Yes. Uh, and this is once again, what, what is our Luke Tibble is our host? Yes. This is another big one where it's anything can still happen. Anything can still happen. Like, no, he's, he's almost double past her. Yeah. Steven runs away with it and everyone's thrilled. Yes. And then Danielle cries because she broke after a day in Kronos. Yeah. Like they haven't even spent the whole week in Kronos yet. Like. They spent maybe like, you know, 24 to 36 hours, maybe 36 mm-hmm. hours tops. Yeah. Uh, so that brings us to week five. So uh, Daniel's- but before we okay. get into that, I, I just want to say the interesting thing that this tells us about Epoch, because my immediate thought is Frank is on the team now. Mm-hmm. He's the physic. he's physically the most powerful. Yes. He is... He could run through every member of Kronos for you, and then if he loses, eh, he wasn't really Epoch. Yeah. But there's this now weird element of, like, Frank is kind of becoming part of the group. So he's not just some pair of legs, which Mm -hmm. is what I kept calling him for some reason. Yeah. Uh, But there's also this feeling of, like, if we keep Frank, we'll stay in the future. Yes. So that, like... Being in the back of your mind and, like, 
affecting your strategy is interesting. Yes, because like the especially next week, you're going to see that the girls are really invested in staying in the future. It's, yeah, and definitely wanting to stay there. That's the other gameplay thing we kind of see through here is Frank, Steve, and Jr. becoming concerned that Lauren and Sam are very close. Right. So they're starting to be concerned that like the two of them are going to protect each other at all costs. Yeah. That 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 becomes worrisome. Yes. Um This leads us to Oh, I think then we find out who the uh the favorites are. Yeah, we find out but we don't know what's going to happen to them yet. That's what they, they like to leave our the episodes with this. Yeah, so the the least favorite is yet again Jeffrey. Yeah. At the end for Nobody week likes Jeffrey. And the favorite is back to being Lauren. Mm-hmm. So that brings us into week five. Jesse. Uh, Jesse takes the loss of Danielle very hard. Yes. Like, very hard. Mm-hmm. Because he's a creepy man. He takes a bit of ash from the fire and draws a D on his chest for Danielle. Yeah. And obviously the other players have other theories for what that stands what for. What does that D mean on that serial killer looking guy over there? Yeah, like it's like such a creepy trophy move. And it's clearly Jesse trying to angle to be likable. Yeah, 100%. Like. Does not work. <laughs> comes off as a crazy person. Um, yeah. A, a, a douchebag, if you will. If only there was a way. Yes. <laughs> That brings us to the World Challenge. Yes. Which is supposed to be, like, ancient Greece. Yeah. Because it's, it's a labyrinth, or it's... And there's, like, Greek symbols and stuff. Yeah, that's right. Frank's the Minotaur. And, and then Frank's a Minotaur. But let's be real. It's Wild Wild West. Because they got those weird things oh, on their necks. Oh, they've got the collars. <laughs> it is very Wild Wild... And we don't mean, like, the Wild West, like, Frontierland. We mean the Kevin Klein Will Smith classic <laughs> yeah. from 1999. They lock these things around their necks so they, can, they can't they can leave this, like, weird hallway. Yeah, they're, and, like, on a track, essentially. And the idea is that they're playing a game of telephone. Yes. Or, uh, for, for the gamers out there, they're playing a game of keep talking and no one explodes where they have to do symbols. So yes. they find a symbol and then they have to pass it through each teammate. But they have to deal with the elements there's fire, where you're near fire. There's water, where they pour water on you. Yes. There's earth, which, I because th- the, the things were buried, they had to, like, unearth them. Yes. And then there's wind, which is just a loud noise. Yeah, it's just like a loud <laughs> gust of air. <laughs> it's a hand dryer in a bathroom, yeah, essentially. Yeah, basically. They, they have to pass this information along, person to person. Again... I think this is a great challenge. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair. It yeah. requires different skills. Yes. It's not strongest person wins. It's not really a puzzle. It's about working as a team. Yeah, it's a communication Which you would challenge. think would mean it would just get handed to Epoch. Yeah. Because they've been they've shown that they're better at working as a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kronos wins. Kronos wins. Well, there was like some missed strategy in that like... When trying to give one of the examples, one person turned away and like showed the back of their hand and was mm-hmm. like, it's like a hand, but there's something on this finger and nothing on this finger. So when the next person tries to do that through the loud noise, mm-hmm. 
they turn around and like you can't read and lips you can't now. Read, right. You can't hear anything. So he's just pointing to his hand. It's a, it's a like this. So Frank and I are trying to communicate, and he's doing hand gestures, and he's turning his whole body away from me. And there's the boom, 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 boom. So I can't hear him when he turns away from me, and now I can't even read his lips. So when I'm communicating this to Steve, I'm trying to do exactly what Frank did to me. It's a man. It looks like. But Kronos comes back to the future, and that means that we are six weeks in? This is week five. This is week five, and this is the first time we can say everyone's been in the past. Yes. Because Frank is now in the past with the rest of Epoch. Yes. Uh, Now, Epoch has to vote off a team member. Yeah, this is... I hate this. Because they lost this challenge, they also have to vote someone out. Yeah, just vote. This isn't someone to go in the duel. This isn't anything like that. It's just someone is just going to go home. Yeah, which is just straight up survivor and just feels wrong. Yeah, it feels, again, like they're changing things on the fly. And like they're trying to stir up drama because there isn't enough drama. Yeah, so it's Team Epoch is voting someone out. So that means JR, uh, Frank... Steve, Lauren, and Sam. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a vote. And there's this weird thing where uh, Sam and the girl, oh, I'm sorry, uh, JR and the girls have basically been Epoch all along. Yeah. Because Frank's from Kronos and Steve showed up late. Yeah. So the idea is they, the three of them were going to stick together till the end. Yes. They bring up the question of... Are the girls loyal to each other, or is Lauren loyal to RJ, to JR? I keep doing that, to JR. So Frank and Steve mention a, like, dudes alliance. Yeah. Which makes, it's a good argument and all that good stuff. So it becomes this argument of, do they vote out Lauren and do the dudes alliance, or do they vote out Steve and stick with the Epoch alliance? To me, it should be four against one of voting out Frank. Because Frank is from Kronos. Okay. Because you'd think eventually it's going to be every man for themselves. Mm -hmm. Frank is the biggest problem. If there's a point where the teams come together and merge a la Survivor, Frank is probably more loyal to Kronos. So you can't trust him. The discussion of getting rid of Frank never comes up. I think... If they're going to lose Frank, they want to lose Frank in a duel. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And this is when I get the theory that Steve's very annoying. Yeah, I feel... Because it never... Like, JR and Sam leaving is never on the table. No, that never comes up. I think there's a lot of stuff we miss about them hating Steve. Mm Mm-hmm. I think something's wrong with Steve and they just hate him. I, I think Steve's annoying. Like... I think off camera, Steve is incredibly annoying. Yeah, or just awkward and can't, like, get into the friend group. Yeah, and, like, he probably, like, isn't super good at talking to Sam and Lauren. Yeah. And, like, he's probably just a little off. Yeah, he's an awkward dude. So then they have the vote, and it's, like, in the middle of the night for drama. 
Yeah, they vote using like a touchscreen, which seems weird since they're supposed to be the past. Yeah, you think it'd be like a chalk and tablet thing. If everything about this event just feels slapdash and wrong and, yeah. to, and unfitting to what the show's supposed to be. So Steve votes and we see that he votes for Lauren. We actually see his vote. Yes. We see Lauren's vote for Steve. We do not see what JR says. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Sam votes for Steve. And then Frank is trying to figure out who he's going to vote for because JR is supposed to give him a signal. Yes. And the signal, L, I'll give you an L if we're voting for Lauren. And he does nothing. So they end up, the four of them, voting out Steve. Yeah. And, and like, Sam apologizes, JR tries to console him, and Steve leaves in the kind of crappiest exit since, um... Wyatt? Wyatt. Uh, I was going to call him Gavin. I was just douchey white name. Uh, but he, uh, yeah, he's like, personality-wise, I think I'm more Team Kronos. Which is also, by this point in the show, not something you would brag about. Yeah. Because Kronos has been so unlikable. Yeah. And he's, I guess he's just an unlikable person. So they find out who the favorites are and the least favorites. So they find can, out. Can, I just want to throw this out real quick. Okay. Because this is the first time I noticed this. Uh-huh. There is this face that Lauren makes mm-hmm. when she's not getting what she wants. Yeah. Because that is the first vote that gets read, mm-hmm. is for Lauren. And they cut to her, and she, instead of being this smiley, bubbly personality, she has, like, this weird stare, and her nose is bright red. And, like, she's kind of sticking her tongue in her cheek. And it's the only time you ever see her make this face. And it's like, oh, is everything you do a show? Because this is a weird face for you to be making. That seems almost completely out of character for her. To me, it actually, it feels very like you're trying to control. Because if you're Lauren, this would feel very personal. Yeah, and like, but like, it, it, it feels like very much of like, I'm trying to not express the feeling I'm having right now. Yeah, I could see her trying to control it so that way she doesn't show her... Because it would be more human for her to be upset. Yeah, I think she's trying to maintain control. Yeah. It's very much a trying to maintain control face. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's then voted favorite. And she gets to... This is how low budget this show is. She gets to Skype her family? Yeah, th- I, I really want to like personally say this. Because what they say is... Uh, the favorite is Lauren. Lauren, since you are the favorite, you will get to speak with your family. The least favorite is Jeffrey. And Jeffrey, you'll be punished and you'll be getting the exact opposite. And I really thought they were going to say, we're going to kill your family. It's <laughs> like, wait, Whoa! <laughs> No, he's not allowed to speak to anyone for 24 hours. Yeah, he, he can't talk. He can still be around, mm-hmm. but he can't speak. He can't speak to anyone on his team. And if he speaks, he will immediately be put into the duel. Yes. Uh, Lauren comes off insanely likable in this sequence. Yeah. She's talking to her family. Like You find out that her grandfather had gone in for surgery. Yeah. And that she'd been really worried about him. And she's talking to her family, and she just comes off, like, very sweet and wholesome and down-to-earth. 
and kind of locks in her likability for the next week. Yes, this is one of the most beneficial moments. And there is this weird thing that, like, comes up now of, like, if Lauren had been voted out, it would have been J.R. Yeah. So there's this thing of, like, J.R., you could have stopped all of this. Yes. So that's, it's, it's an interesting, like, game show moment. Also, I love the moment where they cut to a talking head of Jeffrey and he can't speak. And he just stares into the camera. Which is really funny, because then we do later see him speak in another talking head when he realizes that he's allowed to talk to them. Yes. When he, like, realizes that it was the specific wording of on our team. Yes. I have this mental image of him following Luke Tipple around, screaming. (laughs) Ah! I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you. Uh, So the protected are Lauren, because her popularity is making the team want her to, like, be protected. Yes. And the and uh, Kronos protects Jeffrey. Yeah, which seems very confusing because he cannot speak. And this, w- but the thing that I find interesting with making Jeffrey the protected is to me that should cancel out his punishment if he cannot be in the duel. That's a good point. Which they never do, and they he don't. He could bring just up. start talking. That's yeah. true. Like he's the protected; he does whatever he wants. Uh, there's also this weird thing of like. It makes all of Kronos less likable. Because they're protecting Jeffrey, who's really unlikable. Yeah, who you would imagine everyone wants off the show. Yeah, because he's been such a weasel. So it's a weird choice. And then we have the ending talking heads where Lauren's like, Hi, it's me again. Thank you for liking me so much. Please make me the decider. And Jeffrey, who can talk because it's not to his team, saying, Please don't make me the decider. I want Lauren to do it. I don't want the blood on my hands. He actually doesn't say, I don't want the blood on my hands. He says something to the effect of, I want her to get her hands dirty. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, like, kind of like Lauren's been this golden girl. Yeah. And she hasn't really gotten her hands dirty. Like, she doesn't really scheme that hard to get rid of Steve. Mm-hmm. She's never actually had to commit an act that results in someone else's elimination. Yeah, this is true. Uh, so Lauren wins handily. Of course. Being the decider. Uh, and then Jeffrey is just trying so hard to be likable. And it makes him the biggest douche. Yeah. Like every time he tries to talk to somebody and be likable, he just comes off faker and douchier. Yeah, it's just, it's not working. And then we have the twist of uh, the decider must choose two players from each team and both of them will be eliminated if yeah. on the losing team. Now, this is, again, another fun twist, but completely blindsides everyone and changes how everything is going to be played. Because Frank kind of understands he's going in the duel this week. Yes. He has to. So what he immediately says is, you have to send me in with Sam because RJ's hurt. JR. Because JR's hurt. And if I go in with JR, he's going to cost me my shot. Yes. And I don't want JR to ruin this game for me. Yeah. So you have to send me in with Sam. Yeah. And Sam, Sam is like, we haven't talked a lot about Sam. It's because Sam has not stirred any crap. Like Sam's just like, okay. Yeah. Uh, now, meanwhile, on the other side, Jesse starts to lose it now. Yeah. Because basically, 
the decider is going to choose one person to be safe because mm-hmm. the other two people have to go in there. Right. And it's like, it's not going to be Jeffrey and it's not fair. Jeffrey should be in there because he hasn't done anything to earn being in this game. And then it's down to Mercy, Jesse, and... Lizette. Lizette, who again, I always forget. Mm-hmm. So, like... He basically also knows he has to end up in this game. Yes. So, uh, and Jesse's closest friend is Frank, and he's pretty sure he's going to go in there with Frank. Yes. So, what's really important here is, if there wasn't the risk of losing Frank by sticking him with uh, JR, Mm -hmm. there is this underlining idea that maybe... Lauren would have thrown Jr. in. Maybe. Because he's hurt, which yeah. means he's kind of like pulling the team down. And he's got like a sprained ankle, so it's not something that's going to like go away by the next week. Yeah, the, it's a possibility. But because they threw this twist in, we never see that as being possible. Yeah, and like she never mentions it. But like you could see that argument being formed. Yeah, but it it sadly never comes up because Frank's like, no, don't cost me my game because he's hurt. Right. So it's Jeffrey and Lauren. Who's going to be the decider? Oh, it's Lauren. Oh, uh, what do you know? Um, and the duel is like this another puzzle. Yeah, it's a it's a puzzle that doesn't make a lot of sense. One person needs to go and get the pieces. Yeah. And the other person then has to, like, run and put it together. But they're on, like, a bungee cord or or they're roped together or something. So that only one person can be doing a thing at a time. Right. But there's this weird moment where, like, Frank gets something and throws it to the other person. Yeah. And there's kind of like, why don't you just do that the whole time? Well, Frank and Sam have way better gameplay than Jesse and Mercy. It's Jesse and Mercy who go in. And they are bickering. And Frank and Sam get it. Frank also uh, pulls Sam back and goes, I will get all of the pieces. So Frank gets all of the puzzle pieces. And then peaceably retreats and Sam puts together the puzzle. I I also think there's like an an element of Sam knew which piece that she needed next. Mm -hmm. Because they almost, not only does he get more pieces at a time. But, like, he seems to retrieve them in order. I don't think he retrieves them in order. I think it's that she is able to start arranging them while he's picking them out because she's not trying to put the puzzle together. Oh, okay, yeah. He got all of the pieces before she started doing the puzzle. That makes sense. Unlike Jesse and Mercy, who were trying to do it, like, one at a time. Hmm. So Mercy messes up the puzzle a few times because she doesn't have all the pieces in front of her. Right. Sam does. Yeah, so they win handily. Like, not even, anything could still happen. Anything could still happen, but it appears Epoch has won. Yeah. And this is where Frank wants to Hulk Hogan his <laughs> shirt, and he grabs his collar, and he yells, Beast Mode! And then, for like a minute, it's, I'm gonna rip it. Oh my god, I almost... Beast Mode! I'm in beast mode. Guys, I legitimately cried. I laughed so hard at this scene. It's an amazing moment in television of him winning the competition and then losing a fight to Cotton. Oh my god, it's terrible. So then we have the last week. Yes, so just for clarity, 
Jesse and Mercy are both gone now. Mm-hmm. So now it is the team of Jeffrey and Lizette. Yeah. Versus the four-person Epoch team of JR, Frank, Sam, and Lauren. Yes. So we start with a banquet, I believe. So we have this interesting... We, we start with finding out the exact rankings of the popularity. Right. Uh, Lauren is the most popular and Lizette is oh. the least popular. Right. Um, Lizette, like Sam, has flown under the radar for so yeah. much of the show. Sam's still far more popular than Lizette and Jeffrey. Yeah, I believe it's like Lauren, Sam, Frank, Jr., Jeffrey, Lizette. Yes. And thus they get an advantage going into this next game. Yes. Which I'm going to I'm gonna try to explain this as best you can because it's a bit complicated. Yes. The most popular will get to choose their partner in the game moving forward. Yes. The team of two that wins will choose two more people to join them in the final. Yes. So if your team loses this challenge... You have to hope that the team that picks you, or the p- team that wins, will pick you. Yes, but they don't have to pick your team. Yeah, each member of the team gets one choice. Yes. So, like, the teams could be split up. Yeah, it's a little overly complicated, but, like, I get what they're doing. They have to hold a bamboo stick that has, like, this big foam thing on it. That has a ball balanced on it. Yes. And they have to keep that balanced despite it being heavy. Yes. And as time goes on, they have to choke down on the stick so they'll have less control. Yes. And the team that keeps their ball balanced the longest wins. So Lauren gets to pick first and Lauren chooses Sam. Which should blow everyone up. Everyone should lose their mind when this happens. Because one, it shows that... Uh, she didn't pick JR, which is, is supposed to be her ride and die. Clearly, it's not. Clearly, the girl alliance is uh, the most important thing. Right. Because she also doesn't pick Frank, who's clearly the best at everything. Now, I will be fair. If I am doing this challenge, I don't know that I would pick Frank. Because Frank looks to be about 6'4", and I'm about 5'4". They don't know the challenge when they pick the teams. Oh, yeah, you're right. They just know a challenge is coming. Yeah. And, like, my thought is, no matter what the challenge is, I'm jumping on Frank's back, mm-hmm. and he will do everything for me. Yeah. And we will master blaster our way through this. Yeah, I'm putting on my Yoda ears. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's taking my ass through Dagobah. Yes. Very different choices in sci-fi. Fair. Uh, Frank chooses JR. Yeah, Frank would be next because it was Sam that was, yeah. Yeah. And then Jeffrey and Lizette, by default. Are stuck with each other. Mm-hmm. So they go to do this challenge. It's your standard final survivor challenge where it's a lot of endurance. So there's not a lot to say about the challenge because it's not that interesting. Other than the fact that it's clear that Luke Tibble recorded all of his lines later. Yes. (laughs) And like every so often you have to take a step back. Yes. So that you have, so it changes up the challenge a little bit and so that you can like maybe have a chance to drop it when you're moving. Yeah. Sam and Lauren drop it first. Yes. So now it's down to Frank and JR and Jeffrey Jeffrey and Lizette. And immediately, Jeffrey says... JR. (laughs) Yeah. If you drop the ball, I give you a guarantee spot to the the finale. I promise you. A guarantee spot, JR. And you know I won't. That's my word. Shut your mouth. 
How good is his word, JR? JR, I, you trusted me since the first day we got here, and our alliance has been since the second balance. day we got here. Shut your mouth. And Frank's like, shut your mouth, shut your mouth. This is very interesting in terms of the reality show that they've created. Yes. Because one, Frank is back in the situation that he mentioned an episode ago. Mm-hmm. Don't team me with JR because I will lose. And don't have JR cost me the game. Yeah. And the fact that it's the identical situation, very interesting. And that Frank has chosen JR. Yeah. Jeffrey uh, is now honoring a alliance that was made a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Something that Lauren is now openly not doing. Yeah. So really, Jeffrey's loyalty to JR, stronger than Lauren's loyalty to JR. Right. And probably stronger than Frank's loyalty to JR outside of this challenge. Yes. Based on this information, JR should 100% throw the stick in the water. Yeah. Because he will guarantee his spot in the in the finals. Cuz Jeffrey we don't have a reason to think Jeffrey would stab JR in the back. Yeah, there's not a reason for JR to be li- or to, for Jeffrey to be lying about doing this. Right, cuz who's going Jeffrey's not going to want Frank in the final. Yeah. If if he wins, the finals are JR Frank who is a monster and a gorilla and a minotaur. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. A person of Frank's cho- choosing and a person of JR's choosing. Yeah. If JR throws a stick in the wild in the water, the the finals are JR, Lizette, mm-hmm. Jeffrey, and whoever Lizette chooses. Which Assumably, spoiler probably I, w- I would assume it would be Sam. I would assume it would be Sam because you don't know if uh, America's voice is involved, mm-hmm. and like. Lauren's going to win that 100%. Yeah. And she's not going to choose Frank because he's a monster, a gorilla, and a minotaur. Yes. So, what ends up happening is uh, Jeffrey and Lizette eventually fold. Yeah, and Frank and JR went, like... Yeah. It's such an easy decision in my mind. And a decision that he has, like... A half an hour to do? Yeah. Because they're just standing there. And that whole time, he should be thinking, what's the best move for me? Good old JR. Simple country lawyer. Yeah. Instead. Instead, he just stands there like an idiot. But JR ultimately does honor the alliance, and JR chooses Jeffrey. That is not what he says. Okay. Like, when it comes down to choosing, and they they do get to go live in the future, mm-hmm. the two of them, while the four of those people live in the past, which is interesting. That's not but, what happens. Oh, is that what happens? They they tell you who they choose almost immediately. No, because they have that whole scene where they're debating in the future. Oh, that's right. And then Lizette, Jeffrey, Sam, and Lauren are in the past. And the four of those are that are together in the past, which is weird. Yeah, and super awkward because like they don't have any rapport. You're right, I forgot. Yes. Then when they bring them outside, Frank goes. In my line of work at home as a New York City fireman, I have a chance to save a life. And tonight, I had that chance to save someone's life. Last week, I was with someone on that battlefield. We were fighting to save our lives. We came out and won. 
I owe it to Sam. 100%. And he choose it, chooses it out of honor. And like, and it's also like a nice moment. Sam runs up to him. They embrace. Like, it's actually like this very sweet moment for the two of them. Yeah, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. And then Lauren's making that I'm not getting what I want face where her nose is red and mm-hmm. she's upset. And JR says, All these players in front of me, they fought hard to be here. I've lived in a cave with Lauren for 30 some days. Jeff has had my back in this game, even though we're on opposite sides of the glass. But the one person I'm true to most is at home, and that's my fiance. Money isn't everything, but for me to take home that grand prize, to be able to provide her at the wedding of her dreams, for us to be able to start a family together, do all the things we just dream of doing, it's life-changing for, for me and for her. So, JR, we've got a lot riding on this, but I need your decision. I'm giving myself the best chance at getting $100,000 and taking her home to my fiance, who I left for this game. So for that reason, I'm choosing Jeff. Yeah, and he says, like, if I was choosing the best person in this house, I would choose Lauren. Yeah. This is all a play by JR to remain popular. Yeah. Uh, so that whatever Twitter has to do with the finals, he's still in a good light, even though he's screwing Lauren. Yeah. Uh, and choosing the weasel that no one likes. Yeah. This infuriates me as a fan of reality shows. Yeah. Because one, it's not working. It's clear what you're doing. Uh, two, Lauren betrayed the, uh, the alliance first by picking Sam. And that is never brought up by anyone. I mean, I think because the Alliance was the three of them. Because they were the three people who were there the whole time. And she, like, when she wins that first thing where she gets to take someone with her, she takes Sam. Like, it's never... And JR chooses Wyatt. So, like... JR has that moment where they, they talk and they're like, hey, I'm worried you're going to pick Sam over me. And Lauren says, no, we fist pounded day one. We are the team. Okay. They, they have that moment where it's just, no, it, the two of us are to the end. Lauren has already disgraced that, but is never shown anyone being upset by that. Uh, Probably because by this point, JR has tumbled in how likable he is. How much more likable would JR be if he just went, whoops, and dropped the ball? And then he could just be so upset that he let Frank down. Yeah. And he's going to go into the finals and win it for Frank. No, JR, simple country lawyer, you're an idiot. And JR, like, talks about in the uh, in the finale, which we're about to get into, JR, like, has a whole talking head about how he was smarter than everybody thought he was. People thought he was just a simple country lawyer, but he's been playing the game the whole time. And we're like, you really haven't been. Yes. You are not good at the game. So we go into the final episode now. And our finalists are... Frank, Jr., Jeffrey, and Sam. And we get some filler about, like, each of their journey, like you mm. do with every finale of a reality show. My problem is how many people we've lost in the last three episodes very quickly and unceremoniously. Yeah. This is, again, they're gone. Like, in the last three episodes, we have lost Steve, Mercy, Jesse, Lauren, and Lizette. Mm. We've lost five people in three episodes. 
Lauren and Jesse had been major players up through here. Like, Mercy and Lizette were very yeah. under the radar. Steve is kind of middle ground. But, like, Lauren and Jesse probably should have had a bigger to-do with their eliminations. It, it's also important to note that none of these people have been eliminated the proper way. Yeah, these it, have all been weird. It's it's either it's all been a twist of like, no, two people are going in the duel. No, you're voting someone out. No, you get to choose who's going to the finals. No one is properly going home in a duel. Like you're you're, you're told is the show. So my question is, do you think the show is supposed to run seven or eight weeks? I don't know because we start killing people so quick. The, I think the question becomes, like, it, it kind of does feel that way, that they're like, this show is dying. Let's yeah. get it off the TV. Um, it, it makes me want to look back at, like, the schedule and just be like, was the other show it was running with on Tuesdays and Thursday nights or whatever? Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays and Wednesdays also going off? But it was an hour, so... Because, like... When it comes to cable television, mm-hmm. the important time slot is the 10 to 12 block. Yeah. More than the 8 to 10 block. Okay. The 8 to 10 block on cable tends to be like, it's not their A- bread and butter shows. Yeah. Because they're competing against network television, and they're not going to beat network television. Right. 8 to 10 is their bread and butter time. But 10 to midnight, like... News. You can beat the news. Yeah. Especially in 20... (laughs) In the 2010s. Yeah. So, like, that's where, like, the... Because that's where the Comedy Central, like, new shows come out. Their weekly shows are new at 10. Yeah. And then, like, the 8 to, to 10 block is, like, reruns of Always Sunny... Or a movie or something. Yeah, or like, like The that. Office. So that's like the cable prime time. Right. So uh, to end something that's cable prime time early, like, there's a lot of factors you got to consider of like, do we have a show to go in this slot and stuff like that. Or would a rerun of Doctor Who have better ratings for cheaper than this? Yeah. Or do we just pull the plug and let these people's, like, stories never be told? Yeah. Uh I think it's definitely possible, but everything feels so, like, slipshot. There normal. are not a lot of reality shows that are canceled mid-season. The, the ones that are, are the ones that are live. Like your uh, Paradise Hotel, your uh, Utopia. Uh, things where, like, audience interaction was, like, a big part of it mm-hmm. tend to die. <laughs> yeah, because I'm trying to think... And usually the ones that are pre-recorded, I can think of very few examples. The biggest one I can think of is, as always, Megan Wants a Millionaire. Mm-hmm. And it's just uncommon. Well, I Because when a, a reality show does poorly mm-hmm. that has been recorded... It's still cheaper to run it. Yeah, but you can also burn it off. You can just be like, you know, next week... Two full hours. Yeah. Like, we're going to play these episodes back to back. Or we're going to do a bunch on Sunday as well. It'll be airing twice a week. Oh, interesting. You could play it off like... You meant to. Like, this is what we wanted to do. But because they're stuck to this schedule, because it's live... Yeah. They can't do that. So they have to make the episodes eliminate more people. Yes. I can't confirm or deny that that's what they did. Yeah, I can't, I couldn't find any evidence. And we never way. will. 
But like we would have to be able to find something concrete that said this was supposed to run more weeks. Yeah. Which, which we can't because they say six weeks. Yeah. So who knows? Anyway. But it it does feel rushed when we hit the end. Yes. So we have four people left. Yeah. So then we have this next uh, challenge. Mm-hmm. Frank is protected for some reason. Because he's the most popular. Right. He's It's Twitter. It's Twitter. He's protected and it's kind of a B that he's protected because this next quiz is pretty much the only... The next thing is a quiz. Yeah. And Jenny Nicholson talks about this in her video where she's like, this is the one thing that could have eliminated Frank. And just because Twitter says uh, he's the favorite, he gets to skip it. But the journey of Frank becoming more popular is something that is on display the entire show. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, Frank's people are starting to dig up Frank. It's like, Frank is three. Hey, cool for Frank. Yeah. This is really interesting. Because he moves teams, but he's still super gracious. Yeah. So it is not like a random happenstance. Yeah. Like we've been kind of building to this moment where Frank is protected Mm -hmm. this whole show. And like on top of that, this is all because of choices. Yeah. Had uh, JR taken Lauren, Lauren would have probably won. Probably. And she would have been protected and Frank would have played. Yeah. So that's like another like interesting factor. Because JR is bad at gameplay. Yeah. Because JR has has sunk his own popularity. Jeffrey's not going to win. No. So, and, and Sam maybe could have beaten him. Sam is like uh, the dark horse. But like, because Sam was popular the whole time. Yeah, she was always like two or three. Yeah. But like that, these choices led to Frank, you know, <coughs> taking Sam because of the trenches and things like that, yeah. becoming more popular. He does, in my opinion, earn that Twitter win. Yeah, it kind of sucks that it gets him out. It of something gets him so this. Big. Yeah, but like, hey, that's how the game's played. So they have a quiz, and the quiz is essentially trivia about the last six weeks. It's opposite worlds uh, quizo. Yeah, I'm super annoyed at this game. Yeah. Because it's like, we're going to ask you a question. You tell me if it was Epoch or if it was Kronos. Yeah. Okay. What if Steve and Mercy were still around? Mmm. There's an entire week they weren't there for! I'm assuming they watched it. I mean... I would watch a show that I was going to be on. My theory is that the other two might have even won the popularity contest... And just saw Char- what happened to Charles and refused to go. See, I mean, that's pop- that's possible. I mean, we don't know what happened to them that week they're not there. They could have been sequestered. Yeah. And not been able to watch the show. And in any case, watching the show and being there are very different. Yeah. So I, I find this just entirely unfair. It's, it's just dumb. I hate this game. Yeah. And um, we lose two people in it. Which, again, feels like we burn off elimination super fast. Yes. And Luke Tipple sucks at this. He sucks at the elimination so bad. Like, he's pretty much like, well, you lost. Time to go. Yeah, I mean, like, we're at a... The two low-scoring people are eliminated. Mm -hmm. And when we get to the last question, there's already someone who's... It's impossible for them to catch up, I believe? Yes. 
So it's like, well, this is pointless for them already. Yeah. So like part of the the stakes are gone. Mm-hmm. And then, because it's JR that goes in against, JR wins this. Yeah. Sam cannot win at this point. Sam cannot win at this point. And at best, Jeffrey can tie. Yeah. And like for that to happen, Jeffrey would have to be right and JR would have to be wrong. Yes. But all the questions are also 50-50. Yeah. So even if you have no clue, there's a chance right. that you'll get it right. And there's a chance everyone else will get it right. Yeah. So stakes are so low. Stakes are crazy high for the way... Like, the stakes are high in stakes. that you get eliminated, but like... For us as an audience. The skill is low. Skill is super low. So it ends up being Jr. and Frank who go into the final challenge, which is almost designed for a firefighter. Yeah, it's all about climbing. It's a cargo net. It's and a like, cargo net. There's the only you part... have to slide down a pole and pet a dalmatian. Yeah, that that was weird. You put out a fire. Yeah, you climb a tree and save a cat. Yeah, uh, you have to be from New York. You have to be, you have to pose for a calendar. Then you have to tear a shirt in half. <laughs> oh, well, Frank doesn't do great at that last part. <laughs> what the challenge actually is, is you climb up this tower in a variety of ways. And then in one of the small, small parts where I guess it would be good for JR, you have to fall through like the guts elastic jungle. Yeah. Which I guess if you're a smaller person... And not a gorilla monster minotaur, it would be easier. But it's mostly succumbing to gravity. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the last part of it is a cargo net. The, well, th- this is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's a puzzle yeah. that you do have to do. And it's like, it's about pulling some stick out. Then it's a, a cargo net. Right. Uh, so it looks like Frank's going to win this. Here's the big part of this thing that that ticks me off personally. Okay. They climb up and it's kind of even. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly. Yeah. Then they fall through this elastic thing. And it's, again, kind of even. I think Frank's minimally ahead at this point. JR doesn't weigh enough to stand on the ground. Right. And can't get his carabiner off. That's right. And I was like, this is no fault of his own. And he's losing. And, like, could you imagine if it had been Jeffrey or Sam? Yeah. Who I imagine... Who weighed nothing. (laughs) Yeah, like, Sam Sam and Jeffrey both are probably under 150 pounds. Mm -hmm. Like, Sam is probably, like, in the 110s, especially after losing as much weight as one would lose in Epoch. That's my theory. My theory was, was it's calibrated to the weight JR was when he got on the show. And then he lived in the past... And didn't need anything and lost a bunch of weight. And it wasn't rigged up right for him. Because they, they mentioned that everyone on Epoch lost weight. Yeah. So that's my theory of what went wrong here. Is it enough to argue that JR should have won? Probably not. But still, I'm annoyed. Yeah. It's bad gameplay and bad game design. And it shows that they didn't learn anything in the six weeks. Yeah. Because the first game is designed badly and the last game is designed badly. Also... Uh, I don't think we have to say this, but we're going to. Frank wins. Frank wins, gets to the top, claims the the opposite world trophies, and again... Fails. Fails to rip his shirt in half. Yeah. JR's still struggling with that fourth platform. 
Now that cargo net is not easy to climb. Anything could still happen up there. Frank inching his way to the top of that second platform. JR still working on releasing his globe. Frank making his way over the second platform. Taking a look down at JR. And Frank places the globe and wins the $100,000 grand prize. Frank, you are the first yes. Officer Worlds champion. Congratulations. All right, we have our winner and we'll talk yes. to him live when we return right after this. Get beast mode. Get, 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 get. Beast mode. <laughs> this has been Opposite Worlds. I'm Frank Tibble, adventurer. I'm Luke and Tibble, scientist. Adventurer and scientist. <laughs> See you next time on Opposite Worlds. And that's the show. It is so slapdash and so slipshod and so visibly cheap. Yes. Very, very cheap. Now, I know Jenny Nicholson called it the worst reality show of all time. I don't think it's the worst reality show of all time. Yeah. I don't think it's good. Well, I have a conspiracy theory. Okay. I think they could have edited it to make Lauren look popular. Yeah. Because this whole thing about... They show us Lauren telling JR, it's the two of us till the end. Yes. And then she picks Sam. Like, there has to be footage somewhere of Lauren telling Sam the same thing. Yeah. It's the two of us to the end. Which would thus make Lauren unlikable. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't really tell the story that you need to tell in a reality show. Right. In a reality show, I understand that we are seeing the version of reality that the editors want us to see to make compelling television. Yeah. If we just watched the B-roll, probably wouldn't be that interesting of a show. And again, like, we fall into that trap with some of these characters. I mean, I say characters. Some of these people. Where, like, Sam is kind of just Lauren's sidekick for so much of it. And it seems like it kind of almost blindsides the producers. Yeah. That Sam makes it further than Lauren. Well, here's my issue. If they had shown us that footage, Lauren might not have been this likable. And in a normal reality show, that's not a problem. But the fact that we are controlling it with our Twitter things and they are purposely not showing something that would have made Lauren unlikable is affecting gameplay. An editor should not affect gameplay. Yeah, and like, think about more than Lauren, who is always at least, ha like, has a lot of screen time. Think about Lizette, Mer like, Lizette, Mercy, and Sam. Yeah. Are the three women, all women... Who just never get that much screen Steve. time. We Steve never learn much about Steve. I feel like Steve gets a lot of screen time, though, considering. Yeah. He get well, he makes his own luck. He rigs up the Quidditch thing. He does rig up Quidditch. Like, he makes his own luck. He kind of, like, does some machinations with trying to get J.R. and Frank. Mm -hmm. Steve, at least, is more of a player. Yeah. Mercy, Lizette, and Sam all kind of just, uh float through for a lot of it. Like, Lizette getting least likable, everyone's taken aback because nobody thought Lizette did enough to be unlikable. And other blonde girl we can't remember the name of. Danielle. Danielle, yeah. Like... Well, because Danielle becomes really unlikable in her last, uh... 
her last episode because she like buckles immediately under being sent to the mm-hmm. past. But like with the crowd being such a key component, like arguably the reason Frank wins, the fact that the editors actually have more say than the competitors, if you think about it, yeah, makes this game kind of broken. And the fact that there's people, and because it's live. Right. Like, this isn't uh, Daisy of Love, where they know who wins, and they can give London a disproportionate amount of screen time. Right. And they know Professor goes home early, so they're not going to waste time in the pilot in the second episode, spending enough time with Professor for you to get to like him. Right. Like, it... They... When they're not giving people screen time, they are doing them a disservice. Yeah. They're They're not giving them the opportunity to be popular. They're just kind of consigning, well, these are our popular people, these are our unpopular people, the middle of the pack can just kind of rot there. So, any interesting research that you found? Not really. I kind of peppered through the research I found throughout when we were talking about it. Nothing important to bring up before we give this a verdict? Uh, Steve still has that scar. Steve still has that scar. Sorry, Steve. Uh, And Frank was on uh, another reality show. Oh, he was on Titan Games. He was on the one episode of Titan Games we watched, and he beats Robbie E. from TNA. Yeah. Impact Wrestling. Like, it's very funny. It's, uh, we watched it in a hotel room in Disney World? Yeah. It's the only episode I ever saw, and he wins. Yeah. So that was fun. (laughs) He wins. He's a gorilla and a monster and a minotaur. Yeah. So he's still, still doing that. So that's good for him. Good for him. I just thought that was nice. So, uh, what's your verdict? By virtue of the game over rule, it has to be a stay doomed. Okay. I'm glad you said that. Okay. I, I have issue. Okay. Because, uh, fin- finish your, your thought on it and then I'll... I think there's a really cool concept. I think there's a lot of ways you could make this work. But I think you would have to retool so much of it. Mm-hmm. that, like, I guess in a reality show you could logically retool between seasons because Survivor is successful and retools between seasons and American Idol changes judges and changes, like, some formatting things. So, I'm saying stay doomed by virtue of the game over rule because I think you'd have to change a lot. But I think, yeah, I think, uh... I'm going to say stay doomed by virtue of the game over rule, but I could be swayed to stay tuned. Okay, here's my thoughts. Uh, because I was thinking a lot about the game over rule. And the game over rule, for those of you who don't know, is when the show has a really good concept that's executed so poorly that you feel like if you were in charge of season two, you could fix it. Yeah. That's basically the game over rule. But that you would have to change. You're changing so much that it really isn't that show anymore. Yeah, like it's that you're keeping the core concept and some of the core components. But if there is a certain threshold of things you would need to change to make the show work, that's the game over rule. Yes. The issue I have with the game over rule is this is, in fact, a reality show. Yes. And tinkering in between seasons is normal is very normal to the point that like season one of big brother is an entirely different show with different rules than the rest of the show yeah and a matter of fact big brother was a lot more about audience interaction hmm 
And then they changed it, and now Big Brother is kind of a juggernaut. Yeah, and, and like the third season of Rock of Love, they put them on a bus. Yeah, yeah, tinkering, tinkering, tinkering. So I thought about this show a lot, and like a lot of the problems I have with it were like, this seems unfair and stuff like that. Had, without changing any rules or uh, you know anything like that, had Epoch won the challenge the first week and went to the future, mm-hmm. a lot of the problems I would have with this show would disappear. Yeah. Because a lot of the problems is like, this is unfair and unfun to watch. Mm-hmm. Because we're just watching a team lose and unfairly. And yeah. just this feeling of just unfair, unfair, unfair. And then if you take that away the first episode, you can't say it's unfair anymore. Yeah. So I had to look at the show at its core. Okay. At its core and the mechanics of this show are actually really good. Mm-hmm. Because... Basically, you're taking the idea of Survivor, but you're putting more importance on the reward challenges. Okay. Because the issue is, Survivor, you would just get rid of your weak. Yeah. Uh, or or the, you would get rid of the person that would not benefit you as a player, is what right. you would do. With this, it's like, you know, if I put this person in the duel, A, they could come back. B, they could actually make the other team stronger by getting rid of their weakest. Yeah. And C, it's so important that we're in the future that, like, I don't want to throw in someone who's very strong. Mm-hmm. I don't want to throw in someone who's very weak because then we'll have less people. Like, there are so many factors to consider that this is a very interesting game to sit down, try to go in with a strategy, and try to figure out. Yeah. And this is a show that if it continued on for many seasons, we could see different strategies work in different ways to get you to the end. Okay. So there's a lot of good things about this game that work and function correctly. I think one of the big things is you would need to balance the past and the future a little bit. I disagree. I think it actually works better in the idea that the future is super better because when you're in the past, you're only considering how can I get to the future? That'll be so much better. And also the real reason that the past is terrible and the future is great is the future is a Verizon commercial. Because mm. everything is Verizon presents stuff like this. By giving them any reason why to go to the, that they would want to go to the past and give up all their great Verizon merchandise would hurt their sponsorship. I, I think the other variable that would probably fix the balance a little bit mm-hmm. is if... There hadn't been a polar vortex in New Orleans. I mean, I I would even venture to say that that's fine. No, I just mean, like, I think uh, the past would be less horrible to live in had it not been, like, 20 degrees. I mean, if it was sweltering heat and they were just sitting there dying of heat stroke while they're sitting in air conditioning, I think it would basically have been the same thing, except you would got to see everyone half naked. Here's what it comes down to, and this is where my verdict comes in on this. Okay. I love analyzing reality TV shows. Me too. And I think this game has a lot of promise. Yes. So sitting down and trying to figure that out and being that person that was like, if I was on that show, I think I could win Mm -hmm. is really the mark of a good reality show. All right. They never do that. Because this is the era of reality TV where they don't want to have a good show with an interesting game it's all about 
It's a twist. Yeah. And well, that Shamalama Ding Dong presents. Exactly. Everything was about surprises and twists that you're not going to believe. No one on this show has the opportunity to figure out how this game works because they never explain how the game works until it's happening. Yeah, and they also change so much of the gameplay seemingly on the fly. It changes week to week. So the idea of sitting back here and and like figuring out this show and wanting to go on next season because these are the elements, you know, weighing in the wanting to be in the future, wanting to not have to go into the duels, wanting to win the Twitter votes is all very interesting. But none of the people on this show get this opportunity because no one knows how the game works until they're explained to them at the top of the day. So, since it's not what I just described, since it is not an analytical show where you balance all those elements and it's just about being hit with twists, it's a stay doomed because in the end, this show isn't anything except, we're throwing some more stuff at you this time. Deal with it. Twitter and twists. Twists and Twitter. Twists and Twitter is Tweet and twist. all this show is. Because they establish rules and then they get rid of them immediately. So, since there's no rules in this reality show, it has to be a Stay Doomed. Alright, I can buy that. Because I, I have it as Stay Doomed by virtue of the Game Over Rule. I think one of the things that the Game Over Rule would have to fix is they'd have to regularize the gameplay. Here, yeah, because here's the truth of the matter, though. Yeah. If it wasn't doomed, if it came back for a second season, you know 100% the rules would be completely different. Oh, absolutely. Because that's really the base of this show is, here's another twist, deal with it. Yeah. So, like, season two would look entirely different. As if we had instilled the game over rule and tweaked and tweaked and tweaked and tweaked. And since there's the base concept is never fully established, it has to be a stay doomed. Okay, I, I'll go with that. If you want to watch Jenny Nicholson's video, it's in the links below. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, we made it through our first two-part episode. Yeah, and both parts are, like, over an hour. Uh, Yeah, it was a good move to make this two episodes. Uh, What are we watching next week? We are watching uh, the 1985 Jim Henson's Little Muppet Monsters, a Saturday morning TV show. Yes, we're actually going to go back to Saturday morning stuff, which is something we swore off. Yep, there's only three of them. There's only three episodes of this, and we really wanted to do it. So. Yeah, uh, thank you to Defunctland for letting me know Little Muppet Monsters yes, existed. and suggesting this here on the, yeah. <laughs> the final episodes of uh, Stay Doomed. Which we're actually adding this episode in. Yeah, we're, we're going to actually do an extra episode because we wanted to do this one. Yeah, I like the Muppets. Where can people find us? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com, or you can Facebook and Twitter us at Stay Doomed. We don't have any live shows coming out, do we? We don't. We're in that slow season of uh, late summer. Yeah. If you want to see us live, I will be performing in Wildwood on Thursday somewhere. I don't know the details. Oh, my God. Go to Wildwood (laughs) and scream my name on Thursday. Maybe I will be around. If you want to talk to me about analyzing how to win reality shows, I'm at TV's Noah. If you want to vote for me to be the most popular on a defunct reality show, I'm at Priorities. Oh, before we close, this is super important. Go to oppositeworlds.sci-fi.com right now and you can apply for season two. <laughs> the application is still up for season two of Opposite Worlds. It's not on sci-fi.com slash opposite worlds, but if you look up Opposite Worlds season two. Yeah, you can you can find it. 
Yeah, the... Uh, the website is, in fact, still up. 2019auditions.com slash opposite hyphen worlds hyphen sci-fi. 2019. Like, mm, that's interesting. So I'm I, assuming they update the name of the website every year. I guess, but I will be applying as soon as we're done recording. Oh, okay. All right. And now, by all means. If you constantly get interrupted when you're trying to do your sign-off, I'm at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed. Wait, wait, another thing. I hate you.